Hello, hello, and welcome into another edition of Between the Screens, where two FSFs, film school friends, <laughs> talk about <laughs> movies and TV show and all those pop culture goodies that you love. I am your host, the Eddie McCabe, joined as always by my lovable film school friend, <laughs> Stacy Theodosia Logan. Theodosia. Yeah, well, I couldn't say Theodore. Oh. A, oh, oh, okay. It's a Bill and Ted. It's a Bill it's and Ted because it's 1989. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how are you doing today? I am good. That's good. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, a uh, little bit of housekeeping up top because there's going to be a little bit of a different format to this particular episode. Uh, we are going to do our normal bit of, you know, celebrating every year that we have been alive in movie form. Uh, we're going to be doing that with 1989 in just a few moments. Then we are going to do a spoiler-free reaction to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That was the big release of the weekend. So, we are just going to give our spoiler free thoughts then we'll wrap that up the next portion with what we are excited about and what we're going to be looking forward to watching mm -hmm. uh, going forward to next week uh, but then after that normally the episode ends yep it does but we are not going to do that nope instead we are going to go into a spoiler full review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Lots 3. Of spoilers. You know, we'll go into a little bit more of a deep dive so that way if you haven't seen it by the time this movie comes out, you know, or this podcast comes out, maybe you're going to go this weekend. So listen to the the up top part, normal episode like you always do, tell your friends how wonderful we are. And then we are quite wonderful. We are dare I say <laughs> downright delightful. <laughs> But uh, then you can pause it, and then you can go see the movie, and then you can yell at us. Tell us why we're wrong. And tell us why we're wrong uh, for, you know, after you see it, because it'll just stop. You know, you mm -hmm. just hit the, you don't even need to hit the pause button. I just think close they have out. enough directions. Uh, you know what? We're good. Sometimes. <laughs> I think the instructions have been covered. Sometimes people need to be spoon fed. Sometimes, the, but not our audience. The play button is the triangle that's okay. tilted on its side. Anyway, so 1989. Oh, 1989. <laughs> finally. It's alive. Finally, I'm alive. I was born at the same time that the Exxon Valdez was covering all those penguins in oil. Really? That was 89? Yeah, that was 89. It was like, I don't know whether or not it was like the day before or the day after. Interesting. But, it, but yeah, someday in that three-day span of like before, during, or after my birthday. I was born on Veterans Day. That's all I only got. Oh, fun. But- um, I remember that. I thought I was yeah. older. Yeah. But I guess not. No. I guess I wasn't older than I was in 1989. Yeah. Well, there we are. Uh, <laughs> this is a big year for movies in terms of like by the time I get to being a person, much like you are at this age. We hope. Uh, yeah. No, but, uh, you know, where you Although are you can in- can put us on for your newborns. I'm sure they'll, oh, they'll, sure they'll just put them right to sleep. Yeah. That, yes. I have a very <laughs> soothing, soothing and mellow voice like a Barry Manilow. Um, also, I don't know any Barry Manilow. Uh, you don't know Mandy? That's it, Mandy. That's I'm like I can't in this moment I can't think of a song to sing, but I, I was bet going to. I you don't to. remember what the rest of your other sentence was either, do oh, you? No, not at all. <laughs> so 1989, you know, uh, a lot of these movies are really impactful for for me, like personally. Obviously, I didn't watch them in 1989, uh, but you know, the 1989 Batman, very topical this year. 
because Michael Keaton is going to yes. be in the Flash movie as that same Batman. Yes, he is. You and know, I mean, it's the only movie that actually specifies 1989 in the <laughs> title now, so we have to include that. So we do. Yeah. Uh, but I absolutely love that. And then my favorite movie of all time, like one of them, I it, it depends on what day. It <laughs> depends on what day and what time you ask me. Inconsistent. Uh, yeah, uh, the only consistency is my inconsistency is uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I absolutely love that movie. I love Keanu Reeves. He's my favorite actor. Is he? Yes, 100%. <laughs> A hundred percent. How he is? He is my favorite part of some of my favorite movies. Do you know who my favorite actor is, Ed? Oh, I don't know. You're gonna say somebody like Marlon Brando? No, I'm not. No, you're not. I'm not pretentious. <laughs> I know, but it felt like we were going that way. My favorite actor since 1992 had his first cameo in a major motion picture this year as well, and that would be one Mr. Matt Damon. Okay. Matt Damon cameos in a lot of movies. Well, no, he was like very young. This yeah, was, like, sure. This was like the first. This was pre No, actually, no. This must have been post Mystic Pizza because Mystic Pizza came out, I think, last year. So maybe not his first film, but Field of Dreams. Him oh. and Ben both were in the audience, the yeah. stands or something, filmed at Fenway. I don't know. Fun. Something like that. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Field of Dreams, very fun movie. They now Major League Baseball does a Field of Dreams game. Really? Have you seen this? Do they chant if you build it they will come? I don't know if they chant that, but they it's in a cornfield. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's in a <laughs> cornfield. It's wild. I'd be disappointed if they never said uh, that though. They're also they're also going to be doing a Sandlot game. I think next year, maybe this year. It might be in addition to this year, but they're like that's the whole thing. Is like it's supposed to celebrate baseball. I think it's really fun, even though it is really cheesy. There is a, a super underrated movie uh, from 1989 that I don't think gets talked about as much as it should, okay. and and that is The Burbs. Okay, that's on my list, and that's my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, I, um, I don't think that people. I don't think people really give that movie enough credit, especially because Tom Hanks is in it, and it was goofy, goofy oh, Tom Hanks. So fun! I love. I saw that in the theater. Oh. I was so excited for it because it, it it fed right into that kind of creepy, scary, but funny and like not too scary for me at the yeah, time. Right. Um, and Corey Feldman was in it. Not the best Corey, but he was still there, and <laughs> he's an okay Corey. Um, and I love it so much. Like, that's when I show my kids. Like, I treat that like it was, a, like, E.T. Like, yeah. I treat the burbs like it's huge. But it's so fantastic. I still say Pizza Dude because <laughs> of Corey Feldman and the Pizza Dude. There was somebody else that had, like, uh, somebody else that wasn't famous yet that had a small role. I forget who it was now. I haven't seen it in a while, to be honest. But absolutely, if you haven't seen the burbs and you like to laugh and, and suspect your neighbors are serial killers... With Tom Hanks, sure. you should check that out. Yeah, what other movies are, are are on your list? Okay, so you mentioned Batman. Yep. Um, Dead Poet Society. Yep. Little Mermaid. Yeah, it kicks off the Disney Renaissance. Renaissance. Right, and let me tell you, I was what eleven, I guess. Sure. Yeah, about eleven, and I babysat for my younger cousins, and one of them had Little Mermaid, and we watched it a lot. But yeah. I was obsessed with the song "Part of Your World," so when she'd go to bed. I would like rewind it and like write the lyrics out. Okay. <laughs> so right. anyway, Little Mermaid, you know, that was important for me. One of my big ones at the time, really big ones, Honey, 
I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, that's such a good movie. I went to see it in Disney World because that's where we were when oh, it came that's, out. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, the I love the the those two first two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Yeah. And then there was a third one, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Selves, yeah. And I think, there I was, think there's a baby is giant one. I mean, that's, that's the that's movie. Disrelated. That, that's that's, that's not a word, but yeah, it should be. Let's, let's make Disrelated happen. Yeah. <laughs> disrelated and we're going to make sure it's to say FSFs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me, okay. Anyway, so another another notable baseball movie, Major League. So, have you watched Major League recently? recently? No, I'm afraid to. Oh, it I'm is sure not, not okay. Yeah, no, I'm. There is it's literally okay. there is a person that it literally walks around with a uh, army helmet on with a swastika oh on it. Goodness. Well, I like mean, it's their bus driver. That's the- that that was a joke then. That was like yeah, you know, I mean, yeah but. yes. No, it's one of those things where it does not hold up. Uh, it was also not the movie I thought it was. But a really fun fact about Major League is Wesley Snipes is supposed to be this like incredibly fast baseball player, mm-hmm. and he is not athletic at all. That's funny. And so that's why all of his stuff is in slow motion mm-hmm. because. He wasn't fast at all, right? And that's so that's funny. that's why they tried to like make that up. Um, a couple more, Pet Cemetery. I got to get my Stephen King horror sure. mention in there. That came out. I I read and saw that when I was eleven. Yes. Um, one that I loved that I still quote, Tango and Cash. Yeah, well, that's Fubar. a classic. Fubar came from Tango and Cash. Yeah. Um, and last but certainly not least. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and in my opinion, the best Indiana Jones. Okay. I love that one. Uh, that one, I think, is... I think that one's my least favorite. I really That's not like... surprising that I, my favorite's your least but, favorite. But the, th- the problem is, is that I say that out of, like, those three movies, mm-hmm. but then if we talk about those three movies and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the valley, or, like, the, the, the gap... Yeah. That gap between Crusade and the Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is so much bigger than the gap from Crusade to uh, uh, to Temple of Doom, so, which is my number one. Um, is my favorite for a few reasons. When I was younger, and it just stayed my favorite. I, I liked how his dad gave him shit all the time. That was fun for me <laughs> sure. as a child. I liked that he told us Indy was the dog's name. Yeah, and I've always liked kind of like hidden temple religion not religious like for religious sake but religious for like adventure sake type yeah. of stuff so the whole holy grail thing and it was all very of cool those, i was so into all that oh i loved the bridge yes and the, the, like the, the obstacles yeah the invisible bridge he always has obstacles i but it loved was different. the face melting cups mm-hmm. very so, yeah uh so i have a couple that you did not mention uh, James Cameron's The Abyss yep. is very good. I really like that movie. I revisited it a couple years ago, but it's hard to come by if you yeah. don't own it. Uh, Do the Right Thing. I have that on my list. Spike Lee's yeah. directorial debut. I don't know why I skipped over it. I, I don't know. Probably because you figured I would bring it up yeah. from like film nerdiness. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future Part 2. Yes. I love Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, I wouldn't say that I like it more than Back to the Future Part 1, but I really love the idea of them going back in through the first one. Right. And so you got to see the first movie from different perspectives. Right. I would love to see more movies do that. Oh, and I like the... I, I haven't seen it that much. Like, I can't remember it like I do the for the first one. But I do like the idea, like, what he did 
affected things. Yeah. Like, it changed a lot of stuff. And I like that they show that because when I watch movies like that, I wonder those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, Another, uh, probably another big impactful one for me and what I like for comedy, and that's Weekend at Bernie's. Mm -hmm. I I love Weekend at Bernie's. I used to. I don't know if I'd still like it. Uh, you know what? To be fair, I haven't seen it in mm-hmm. forever, but I, d- I do remember that being like in the rotation of comedy movies that I like watched yeah. when I was a teenager. There was quite a few movies on the list that I loved when I was like younger that were like comedies and stuff. But my list was getting too big. We have other yeah. stuff to talk about, right? Uh, and then because I am a um, because I am the resident anime person, I'm going to bring up this one, and that's Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it? I did watch that when I was doing my own alphabet challenge, Okay, which I didn't finish because I'm bad at completing things, apparently. Um, but for K, for K, I watched Kiki, yeah. um, and I very much enjoyed it. And yeah. her little cat. Yep, it's d- absolutely delightful. I, You know, it's one of those Studio Ghibli films, yep. and... They're all excellent, mm-hmm. and I can't recommend them enough. You know, for people that kind of the the tough part with anime in general is the association with its introduction of Dragon Ball right, and Dragon right, right. Ball Z. They're a good gateway anime. There are great. You know, Kanye like, was my gateway anime. Well, no, Vampire Hunter D when I was in high school, but that we'll, we won't talk about that. Sure, but like, sure. <laughs> Later in life, yeah, that's a, that is definitely a, uh, a gateway anime. <laughs> it's definitely not a gateway anime. Uh, um, but everybody's first introduction is Dragon Ball for the most part, and so it's just like a lot of screaming and a lot of testosterone and like yeah. a lot, and it's just like no, thank you. But then you watch something like Yuri on Ice, mm-hmm. and it is about a. Uh, male figure skater like coming to term with his sexuality while like interesting try- it's, I've never even heard of it yeah it's beautiful it's okay. an absolute it's absolutely beautiful but it ha- you know like that's a better one to that yeah. kind of fits with this more Studio Ghibli and yeah type. I mean Kiki's great and Ponyo's great I yep. haven't seen a lot of the other ones I am <laughs> my neighbor Totoro them. yeah have I seen I don't think I've seen that one they're usually on HBO I think um, they're all on HBO. And Regal has been showing them. Like, yeah. So they that's often... Been, and we almost went to see Ponyo again, but... Yeah, now that we're kind of getting up there, right, In from 1989, we've seen a lot of, like, 25th, 30... I think, you know, we're going to be getting into yeah. the 35th anniversary for some of these movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, usually Regal Cinemas does a great job. Well, they were whole, doing a whole Studio Ghibli series oh, where okay. they're just showing studio. Like, I don't know when they show. Like, I just, I go to the movies a lot, apparently. Yeah, right. And, and I see, see the, the display for it. And every okay. so often I'll overhear Ponyo coming from somewhere. And Cole really liked Ponyo. We watched yeah. it a lot. So I recognize it very easily. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I highly recommend it. It's a great, they're great films, uh, you know, just hands down, like great cinema. So yeah. Kiki's it, a lot of fun. If that's your deal, then definitely, definitely go check it out. So now let's get into the main topic of what we watched well, this week. Well, I am going to tell you a few TV shows. Yeah, that's fine. That, that yeah. matter. We don't have to get into them like a lot talking about them, but Seinfeld came out. Okay. The Simpsons, which technically they came out on the Tracy Ullman show, but I think yeah, this was their... they got their own show. Yeah. A big, big one for me. Saved by the Bell. Oh, sure. Doogie Howser, Family Matters, and two that 
nobody else will probably care about that I loved, which was Hey Dude on Nickelodeon. I loved Hey Dude. I loved Hey Dude. I always and wanted to go to a dude ranch. That was the only reason. Yeah. Um, once I outgrew Hey Dude, I didn't care about dude ranches It anymore. was really funny. I remember my mom being like, oh, you really like this Hey Dude show. What if I showed you City Slickers? But she definitely showed me City Slickers like too young. Yeah. And I was like, this is not the same. <laughs> this is not Hey Dude. Yeah, this is not Hey Dude. I do lie, not like this. I don't remember anything about anything on that show i watched it because there was a really good looking guy on it sure Uh, i love well it was that one and it was salute your shorts yeah i didn't watch that one he he wasn't on that one yeah no i don't know what's name i can't picture him in my head but i know he was my motivation every week sure and then last but not least the new mickey mouse club oh yeah with uh justin yeah i didn't watch it anymore i think by the time justin and Brittany and jc and christina aguilera all on it um, I had bounced by then, right? But I did enjoy it when it first came out for a couple of years. Yeah, because they had a completely different cast. I, I remember yeah, that would ro- they, they would rotate, like not rotate, but people would come and go every year. Yes, they would just retain certain people, mm-hmm. and people would grow out of it or get their own show or, right. or something, or become major pop stars, or become major pop <laughs> stars. You know, first world problems. Right. Uh, yeah. So now is it time to? No, we can talk about. Uh, so I've been watching the blacklist. That's oh, not, is that not no, what we're talking no, about? No, 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 no blacklist. No, I'm blacklisting the blacklist. Oh, how dare you? Um, no, we're gonna talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume, Volume Three. Uh, so you know, it's funny because we talked about the preview mm-hmm. of this last week, right? And one of the things that I brought up was the importance of Rocket Raccoon, right? <laughs> and Again, just as a reminder, this is the spoiler-free version. Right, 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 right. We're just going to kind of recap our thoughts. Yeah, I'm not going to go into any details. Yeah, no no details, but uh, if you want to hear the spoiler full review, wait a little bit. Wait, wait a little bit. Uh, so, but I would talked a lot about Rocket Raccoon and his, mm-hmm. like, sneaky importance right, to right. the MCU, and that was, like, one of my biggest takeaways of this movie, that it kind of, like, validated that thought process right. for me. Well, I guess James Gunn has always pretty much said Rocket's his favorite, so yeah. making it a, you know, movie about that is not um, surprising. No. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? Immediately leaving the theater, I absolutely loved it. Sure. I had all the emotions, like people I know people think they get like emotional whiplash with these movies I thought this one did such a good job of balancing when the humor was and when the you know more dramatic more impactful moments where yes sometimes a scene that ended up being humorous would follow a dramatic I mean they get it somehow back back each other up like you can't where else you gonna put them (laughs) yeah we're definitely going to go Um, into more detail because i can give you specific references to to uh, agree with your statement Mm -hmm. but what i would say is is that in a movie this long Mm -hmm. dealing with this subject matter right they did a great job of balancing it great job I like even during the movie I was noticing because it's usually such a criticism especially with Guardians and with with Guardians 2 it's one of the bigger criticisms I've right. heard. So I was cognizant of it during the movie and I thought they did an excellent job. Um I did say last week I was nervous about the animal cruelty sure. stuff. 
I will say there was more of it than I expected, but the severity was much less than I expected. So it did a lot because I've been seeing a lot of people being like, I need to boycott this movie. And I will say that I think that that's dumb. PETA came out in favor of it. Right. One, the entire message of the movie is this we is should horrible. we should treat animals better. That's like the <laughs> right. whole the whole premise of the movie. Um, so therefore, there's that. And also, and I don't know if I talked about it. I don't know if I talked about it last week, but I've definitely talked about it before on this show. But it's the uh, the Scarface chainsaw scene, right? Where your yeah, you don't actually you don't see actually it. ever see a chainsaw in Scarface tear into somebody. Right? Yeah, we don't ever see and like and that's the same thing. Is like they tell you like there are moments mm-hmm. in the movie where they're like we're going to do X, right? And you hear the results of that. But they don't show you what and it mean, is. Yes, there was stuff that was rough. Like, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and be like, oh, it was fine and I didn't care. But it just, it wasn't as, the, I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. I mean, I, but I was expecting m- much more. I guess I was expecting like an R-rated version. Sure, right. You know, like, yeah, you were, in. Like, yeah. I was expecting it to be real severe and I was nervous. But other than that, um, I laughed. At the end, I kept I kept tearing up. I'll I'll mention what teared me up in the spoiler review. Sure. But at the very end, Cole turned to me and said, "Are you okay?" And trying to say yes, I just just tears. Yeah. Just as I was saying yes, I'm okay. The tears flowed. <laughs> uh, you know, coming out of this movie, coming out of this movie, it felt it it confirmed something that I kind of felt. Uh, going into it or at least hoped or I was optimistic mm-hmm. for and that was this is the first one like the first movie that wasn't affected by the pandemic right you know they were able like to make this movie and it wasn't impacted by a major thank, star death thank god James Gunn was fired for a little while so that, that it got <laughs> right. thrown off because that really helped their timeline it, it really did <laughs> and so this is the first movie in phase what are we five, five? now yeah yeah <laughs> so we're in phase five and so it's the first movie of phase five that felt purposeful right you know you look at all of these other shows I mean, and to be fair ant-man's the only other one in phase five the others are all phase four yeah i guess post end game yeah. is is really, really what the, you're getting is at. really what i'm getting right. at because uh, WandaVision was made before the pandemic. Yes. Right? I think. Excellent. I mean, I'm saying yes. I don't really know. All of those shows were really... All of the... I Here's the thing. All of the Disney Plus shows have been very, very good. I think reception of them, particularly around two of them, are poorly received because I think people are awful, not because those shows are really bad. Right. You know? I think... Like, I am so jacked for... Uh, Marvels. No, me too. Because I love Kamala. Kamala. I love Kamala. And her show was so good Mm -hmm. and so so wonderful. And I think a lot of people just kind of have been doing that review bomb nonsense. And it never really got the same thing. I didn't think She-Hulk was as good. Mm -hmm. uh, But I enjoyed myself. I I liked... I mean, this is way off topic, but since we're here. um, I liked that She-Hulk was like different it was about a single you know yeah. single girl with a career trying to date and trying to be a hulk and trying to be a lawyer <laughs> sure like yeah you know it, maybe that's not your thing but 
everything can't be the same thing. <laughs> yes, everything can't be the same thing. You're a thousand percent right. I yeah, I just wish that I I just wish that people would stop being awful. Yeah, that'd be nice, right? <laughs> I think that'd be that'd, that'd be, be nice. Fantastic. But Guardians to me kind of feels like the first one of this like new we have a plan, mm-hmm. right? Because Phase Four. Everything post-Endgame, I'm going to just try and kind of get into that, but everything kind of post-Endgame really kind of felt like filler arcs Mm -hmm. for my anime people, you know what I mean, Uh, but they felt like filler arcs. I mean, for our supernatural people, we know what you mean, too. Yeah, supernatural. (laughs) Uh, Here's the thing, I'm still stuck in the Leviathan season. Oh my god, That's one of my favorite seasons, actually. I binged. All of that, like everything from Supernatural in like, I don't know how many seasons that is, like 10? <laughs> but No, it's 15 total. No, no, no. From, oh. To get to the Leviathan one. I don't one. think it's that far in. It might not be. But I just remember watching it in an obscene amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like if whatever's physically possible to do, I did in like a month and a half. Okay. You know, or, or something I've like that. I've watched the entire series multiple times, but yeah. only because it's good background it, show. It it's is. It's a good background show because I've seen it a lot. Yeah. And there's tons of it, so it just doesn't end. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. we get what filler arcs yes. are. Yes, uh, that's what <laughs> all of the movies kind of before mm-hmm. this, you know, like Ant Man again feels like a prologue, right. like a prologue episode, and now this felt like episode one. Mm-hmm. This really did feel like episode one of whatever that new MCU longer story is because mm-hmm. it was an MCU movie that I recognized and I felt engaged and I felt really attached to mm-hmm. that I really haven't yeah. since Shang-Chi probably. I will, uh, Shang-Chi's so good. I will say I left feeling like I used to feel when I left an MCU movie which was yeah. fantastic. It made me so happy just to have that feeling again. I probably have got it with Spider-Man um, No Way Home. Yeah. And, and I did like Shang-Chi, but it wasn't quite the same, probably because it wasn't a known character. Yeah. And But uh, other than Endgame and probably Spider-Man, that's it for having that. I've liked them all, but getting yes. that feeling. Yeah, and it goes back to what I was talking right, about right, last right. week, where it's like, I do think that the MCU is doing itself a disservice by not just recasting these mm-hmm. people. And be- you notice I didn't even say my favorite Thor. I know. No Thor in that group. Well, here's the thing with Thor Love and Thunder, and we're definitely not going to get into that today, but that movie hits me in a very different place Mm -hmm. um, than I think a lot of people. So I feel like my feelings on Thor Love and Thunder Mm -hmm. are very different from the average. So you like it. I really like it. I really like okay. Thor Love and Thunder. Maybe I, someday we can have a Thor Love and Thunder topic discussion. Uh, yeah, I really, really liked Thor Love and Thunder. But again, I understand that all of the reasons are deeply personal. Mm-hmm. And the average person will not have had the exact same experience like going into it and right, like experiencing right, right. that movie. So I'm, I understand that I'm yeah. in the minority, yeah. right? Like I'm never going to sit here and convince you of like, you thought it was bad and you're wrong because yeah, yeah. I understand that I'm definitely on the wronger end. That, yeah, objectively. Yeah. You know, because it's unapologetically a Taika Waititi movie, yeah. which is the first barrier of entry you need to clear. And if you can clear that barrier, then you have a very deep and personal story about something that affects a lot of people and kind of coming to terms with that and 
if those things hit you properly, that movie is excellent. Right, but we're not going to get into it. Yeah, but <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. You liked it. Not only did I like it, dare I say, spawned my new favorite MCU character. Is that Cosmo? It is Cosmo, <laughs> yes. the astronaut dog. <laughs> uh, I, you know, Cosmo has been in a bunch of stuff. If you've kind of like followed Guardians yeah. lore-ish, I forget somebody said something to me about Sh- Cosmo, and I'm like, well, she's been there. She was the collector. She had, was in the yeah. collector had her. She was hanging out in the co- with the collector. So, she's in the queue for the collector's palace in yeah. Disneyland. Oh, really? That's y- cool. Yeah, so she is in there, and you can like walk past her, and she'll like move her head and mm-hmm. like wag her tail and stuff uh, for Mission Breakout. Mm-hmm. Then I want to say she's in the post credit scene. No, that's Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck was in the yeah. post credit scene. Then uh, she appears in the... Really where she appears is the Christmas special. Yes. That's her first yes. appearance and she's delightful there mm-hmm. um, because like the character is kind of goofy mm-hmm. and kind you know what I mean like yeah. very inconsequential but she's great in this movie mm-hmm. uh, for they this is going to be a little bit more for the, the spoiler, spoiler talk yeah. later but they do a great job of making you care about all of those outer rim players in the Guardians universe. You know, uh, Craglin is another example of like, you know, hey, you're an important part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, even if you're not like a Guardian of the Galaxy. You're not a core group member, but, but you know, sometimes you come in and help out. Yeah, you're (laughs) you're a very important figure in the movies, Mm -hmm. you know, as like for like the storytelling purposes. And so like introducing a lot of those people, you know, or like making sure that they're like Craglin stay in this picture, Mm -hmm. I think did a great job of like expanding the world Mm -hmm. of the Guardians, which I didn't think needed to happen, but kind of helped. Right. Um, And it had great music, but you know, that's a given. Yeah. That's a given. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else I can say that's not spoiler. I mean, obviously, we both really liked it and have only, well, I shouldn't say only, but have majority only good things to say. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah, definitely go and see it. I it, saw it twice already. I have seen it twice as well. You know, and I think that a mark of a really good movie is. Um, being able to garner the same reaction in the same points multiple times. Mm -hmm. And this movie was able to get me to laugh and cry at the moments that it wanted me to both times, which is a mark of a great movie. Mm -hmm. So... I've seen, this will be the last, like, not spoilerish topic, but I'm going to spring this on you because I've been seeing this floated around on the Twitter.com. Oh, okay. And that is people saying that it is the best comic book trilogy ever. And I'm tending to agree, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, I get... I get that because there are maybe better comic book movies, but within the trilogies, there yeah. are weaker ones. So for overall consistent quality, I can see that. But I'm also a little bit worried about recency bias. Sure. Because I did rewatch the other ones and I adore the Christmas special and I loved this. And, um, but I definitely 
can see making a case yeah. for it. The the one that I saw it immediately compared to was the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. To which I would say that the best movie out of those six is the Dark Knight. Right. The Dark Knight Absolutely, is the best one. Absolutely, 100%. But I would tell you that all three Guardians movies are better than Batman Begins mm-hmm. and uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I don't, I mean, you know, they're so, so different. So like that's that's the way I would say if I'm talking comic book trilogy movies, it really I'm, depends. It really depends on how you qualify I mean, let's this. Let's be honest, Ed. The best comic book trilogy movie is the 90s Blade. Uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> I was going to say just the Joel Schumacher Batmans, <laughs> but there was only two. Um, but I would say it was Captain America. Yeah, I, would, I figured you would say that. I would say Captain America just because uh, I think that I really like First Avenger, mm-hmm. but I think that the Winter Soldier is arguably one of the best MCU like non-Avenger movies. Right. You know, I in terms of quality, I agree that Cap would be a contender for that title. Yeah. In terms of my enjoyment, which is not always coincide with the quality, <laughs> sure, um, it would not be a contender. Not because I dislike it; sure. I don't dislike anything. And my second favorite character of the entire MCU is Bucky Barnes. Yeah, right. So I love Winter Soldier. Yeah, and Civil War. Right. Um, really, the first one's good. It's just you know. Yeah, sure. I, I get it. People, I, we spent a lot of time getting him to Captain America, right. and then didn't spend a whole lot of time with him as Captain America. Right. And I do understand that that's a major flaw. And I really wish that they would have done because it would have been perfect for Disney Plus mm-hmm. or a you know something fun to do that time period yeah. with uh, you know even if it's that animation style that they did what if with right but just do what really happened mm-hmm. you know it's not what if but it's that same animation style see if Chris Evans will voice, voice cap you know you can get um what's his name Bucky to do it. Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Seabass. Yeah, you can get Sebastian. You know, like you can mm-hmm. have these people come back and not have to necessarily put in the work that a movie or television right. show would need you to do. You know, I always felt that that was a prime candidate. The only reason I would not pick Captain America as the trilogy is because the story doesn't end at three. Mm-hmm. The story really ends in Endgame. Yeah. And so that kind of feels like cheating a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas. Guardians, you would have a lot of questions at the start of three, Mm -hmm. but I think if you're paying attention, they explain it well enough. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot of like loose ends at the end of it. No, no, well, I'm saying going into it. Yeah, going in, yeah, but coming out. Yeah, going into Guardians of the Galaxy, if you did not see Endgame. Oh, geez. If you did not see Endgame, I still think... If you just watch Guardians 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. I do think that they do a good job of... Again, you're going to be very confused in the beginning, and you're a weirdo for not watching Endgame mm-hmm. before seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but in this weird scenario, they do a good job of explaining what has happened. Mm-hmm. They So you don't necessarily need to watch the other movies yeah, to no, get the whole story. T- I, I need to unbutton my pants. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm drinking this huge coffee and it's not <laughs> sitting well. So here you guys all get to know my, my pants are unbuttoned. Um, Enjoy do that. We, do we want to shout out the, the coffee maker? Uh, no, we no. don't have to. Okay. Uh, anyway. Not that they would ever care. Care. Um, 
unless they wanted to sponsor otherwise so yeah so that was that would be my only caveat to the captain america one mm-hmm. but i do agree i think it's always a recency bias situation yeah. where you want to kind of catapult I, it yeah i try to go i go too hard against my biases like i'm i'm harder on movies that my favorite actors are in because i don't want to be biased towards them being my yeah, favorite right. actors. like because i have that bias and like i'm reluctant to say newer movies are in my like favorite movies because you know to be around for a long time so i know i still love you (laughs) sure sure (laughs) just like people just like people so before we get into the spoiler talk uh what are we looking forward to this weekend so there's not a lot in movies there is a movie that i heard nothing about i know nothing about but it keeps popping up on my regal app coming soon and it's got ben affleck in it and i like him and it's some sort of suspense thriller. it's called hypnotic okay it's probably trash because like i've seen no like i go to the movies so much i haven't seen a single trailer i'm on a movie group discord nobody's talked about it okay maybe they have and i just missed it but like it's not a big topic of conversation for sure so i mean it might be trash but (laughs) yeah um, sure but it's a suspense thriller trash with ben affleck so i might see that um and then other than that i've got all my shows yellow jackets last episode there is a birth that we've been waiting for since season one episode one i think definitely by episode two and that happened, so that was huge. Great. And I can't wait to see what where we go from there. We're almost to the end of this season. And um, Barry was weird. <laughs> and okay. Succession's been amazing. Great. So I'm looking forward to watching them all again. Sure, of course. Uh, right now it is the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. So by the time, so when we're recording this, it is game five. Okay. Is, is about to happen in like an hour. Are, are we in it? I don't even know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Go Celtics. Yeah. So uh, uh, th- that has been occupying a lot of my time. Yes. Uh, because in theory, games five and six will have happened. And then I think game seven would be the day after you're hearing this. Uh, and just so you guys know, normally I would know if we were in it, I, but I don't yeah, know. Sure. I don't know why I didn't know, because normally I'm more in touch with sports than that, but whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It happens. And so I'm. Uh, that is kind of what I what is engulfing a lot of my time. I watched... The I've been watching The Voice. We're about to enter mm-hmm. the lives, okay? Where it's like people like actually vote and stuff. Right, right. Uh, I love that show. It's really dumb mm-hmm. and really stupid, but good background on like a Monday night, right? You know, so that's that's kind of what I'm watching. Watching The Blacklist. Started. The blacklist is blacklisted. Ed. Yeah, no blacklist so talk. can't talk about no, the blacklist. Can't talk about the blacklist. <laughs> can't talk about the blacklist. But the big thing that I think I'm going to be starting this weekend is going to be the Fast and Furious movies watch. So I've been doing some of that because yeah. I'm not a fan. But yeah, sure. In the trailers. Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa is just there. looks like he's chewing all the scenery. He does he's something in a trailer. Deliciously in... villainous. Like, he... not delicious because he's Jason Momoa, but like the same way like Bellatrix and Harry yeah. Potter is like just. Yes. Oh. oh, here's the thing. I watched him in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, he just licks a knife. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's I, just, wild. I, need to, I need to see it. So, I've been watching. 
I don't even know which ones I've seen. Yeah, sure. I know I've seen some. A lot of them are not available to stream. They are not. So I rented a couple that I definitely hadn't seen. They're definitely available at the library. Well, yeah, but I didn't go there. Oh. Um. I also <laughs> am pretty sure that I bought all of them on Blu-ray for like 15 yeah. bucks at Best Buy. Well, I got F7, I believe, is on Peacock. I've seen the ones that Chris Hemsworth's wife was in. Oh, God. Which is like the middle. And I've seen the first one, obviously. Well, you saw Point Break. Right. (laughs) And now I've seen... I've seen all of them at least once now, except for 8, 9, and the new one, I think. I might have seen 8, but I definitely haven't seen 9. But that's on HBO Max, so I'll be seeing that before the new one comes out, at least. Yes. And I might rent 8. Who knows? Who's to say? Or you could just come over. We'll see. Oh, I could do that, too. You could just come over and watch them. It'll Mm -hmm. be fun. I I have a giant television. In a surround sound system that's perfect for watching the Fast and Furious movies. I bet. If anybody else wants to come, just tweet at me at the yeah. McCabe. Well, you can. We could hang I out. I can't actually. No, you'd have to bring it to my house because your cat would kill me. Oh I god! I couldn't sit there for two. She's weeks. a fluff monster. I know, and she's but so adorable, but she, she will kill me. Uh, so I believe that that would include conclude the what we're excited to watch segment, right? The only other thing is, I will hopefully, if I'm a good girl, be watching a whole bunch of other MCU stuff because in a couple weeks I'll be doing my number one contenders match. Yeah, can I have an earpiece the whole time and just like give you the answers? I wish. Can we do that? I can help. Although later I wouldn't feel like I earned it. Yeah, well, that not that the whole gimmick? I'm very much into the gimmick. I like yeah. it. We should just have you cheat okay. the entire time, and I'll pretend help. Pretend cheat. Have me pretend cheat. Um, no. Well, <laughs> kind of, I guess. It's more of like a team thing. Anyway, free bird rule. Anyway. If you get it, you know. But you can follow us on all of the social medias. Uh, you can follow me at the Eddie McCabe. And I am at Stacy LM 78 Yeah, so please like, share, comment, subscribe, Pause this episode, leave the app, whatever you need to do, because uh, we're about to do the spoiler part yes. of the show, where we're going to kind of deep dive yeah. into Guardians of the Galaxy gonna, Volume 3. Everything's going to get spoiled, so yeah. if you haven't seen it, It's going to be a lot of me talking about how wonderful Cosmo is, <laughs> because- <laughs> That's not really that big a spoiler. Uh, so. Because I love her- I need her in my life. Okay. Um, but And so that's mostly what this movie's going to be. So here's Apparently the deal. Apparently it's all Ed and Cosmo. I have no say. Yeah. Here's the deal. Uh, you've been warned, and uh, you got three, two, one to get out of here. Okay. So this was a great, great movie. Yes. Uh, it was so emotional. And I think they executed it perfectly with the buildup of how important Rocket Raccoon was mm-hmm. um, and how f- important I think he's going to be kind of going forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure that we'll see him again. I wouldn't be surprised. But at the end, it, the only one that says we'll see again is Star-Lord. Which was the stupidest. Well, no, that, that makes sense to me because uh, I think he's going to end up in some Earth-like... So I have a very specific theory. And like, we'll, I think he's going to be in some Earth-Avengers stuff. I think that he is very, very important to something that we saw earlier as a loophole. 
I mean, I guess I could say it. this is a spoiler. Yeah, this is for, the spoiler. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so we might spoil other MCU movies, I guess. I, I, I was gonna, just going to go in order, but I guess not. It doesn't matter. You saw the movie, and here we are. <laughs> so the post-credit scene where Star-Lord and his grandfather are just sitting at the kitchen right, table, right, right. just kind of talking, mm-hmm. and then it says, Star-Lord will return. Mm-hmm. I believe, and I have to check the wording because I'm not 100% sure on the wording, but in Spider-Man No Way Home, I think the spell only accounts for people I on this Earth. Up. Okay, so because I brought the same thing up. That's funny because yeah. I had the same idea. But everybody, well, not everybody, but I was told and then I looked it up that it was the whole multiverse galaxy. Now, researching, I'm pretty sure Doctor Strange didn't actually say anything. Sure. I don't think he said it was, words for a spell. No, like, he definitely didn't, but it. I think... I think, and again, I have to rewatch it because I'm... Right, same here. But I think that when he is explaining the spell, Mm -hmm. he uses very particular language Mm -hmm. that would make you believe it's just to Earth. So, again, I was kind of on the same page, but everybody else I talked to said that the language made it sound like the multiverse... Because it's a yeah. multiverse movie, and why wouldn't it include the multiverse? But maybe because of this, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, yeah, you I know also what? would have to watch it for the exact wording. But the story is also just way better if that's the case, right? Like I'll just go out and say it: is that it's way better if everybody on Earth has no idea who Peter Parker is or who Spider Man is, right? Except that for Peter this guy, Cole, right? Yeah. Uh, except for this guy. I, I think that that's way better. It also cuts through so much red tape that you would have to get through in Kang Dynasty yeah. or the Secret Wars because Tom Holland's going to be in I it. I think that people will complain about it, saying that it retcons Spider-Man and it's, you know, all this crap. But I, A, don't think that because I don't think the spell is specific. Yeah. And B... I don't care because I think it would be fun. Well, because again, like one of the best parts about the first Avengers movie was that when Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man all meet each other in the mm-hmm. forest, I know who everybody is. Right. And so, really, I don't need you guys to explain to each other who everybody is. Mm-hmm. We can just kind of roll with it and say that you had the conversation off screen. Exactly. And. I think that there is a lot of nonsense that could be avoided in a Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. I forget which one comes first. I think it's Kang Dynasty. I have no idea. But it would cut through a lot of red tape of us being able to just be like, hey, we need all the help we can get. And there's like a very specific Spider-Man required situation. Mm-hmm. But we don't know who Spider-Man is. And then Star-Lord just being there being like, what? We, yeah. yeah, we do. We know exactly who it is. First of all, comedic. Very fun. But also allow justifies him being on Earth. Being on Earth and then giving that tag at the end. Right, exactly. That's 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 where my thought process was too. Um but regardless of how they use him, you know, I know he's probably the least popular guardian, which is weird because he's like the main one. I don't really have a favorite. Um I like him fine and I think that this movie particularly really allowed him to shine yeah um and you know hopefully turn some people around on him well you know it's really tough because i feel like i feel like all of the criticism are not necessarily performance based no it's because he's very religious and very outspoken about it which i don't like yeah necessarily sure but at the same time like i'm not going to say he didn't 
like he was great in this movie. Right. You know. Yeah. Um and and and, and people don't like Star Lord because of the Thanos thing and Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Well that's Yeah, see, that's like one like two minutes out of how many hours of foot like But that's uh, when people get mad at stuff like that, it, it kind of annoys me only because that's character growth, mm-hmm. right? Because we legitimately see the ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about it in this movie. Right, right, right. That, you know, he he messed up. He knows he messed up. And he doesn't have Gamora. Well, he wouldn't have had Gamora anyway. But, but he didn't have Gamora mm-hmm. as like a result of it. You know, like that's at least how he feels about right. it. And so... I think having uh, having him in this very vulnerable, grief-ridden place oh, yeah. is so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it carries over from the Christmas special, right? Which is great. It kind of mm-hmm. sa- like the Christmas pro- the I Christmas know. special does a great job of prequeling this movie. Oh, absolutely! I didn't I, I didn't realize like how much you really should watch the Christmas special. Yeah. Or I would have said it last week, and I watched it so many times anyway. It right. didn't matter. But even in the post credit on the on the, the newspaper, newspaper is yeah about Kevin Bacon being abducted. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's going to tell <laughs> so, exactly what happened about when he was yeah, abducted by so, aliens. Um, and you know, the, I'm guessing if you hadn't watched it, them talking about Mantis and. Peter being oh, yes. his sister must have been like, wait, what? Where did that come from? Yeah, where did that come from? Um, so, yeah. No, it definitely carried over. And how he starts the movie, just like completely yeah. in a dismal place. Oh, absolutely. And James Gunn is really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Right? So, in this movie, Peter pulls this like insane 180. At the beginning of the movie... You know, it's like, hey, we got to go help our friend. And then Drax is like, and we'll kill anybody who stands in our way. Right. And he's like, no, we're not going to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not we're not going to do that. Like, that's not a that's not OK. And then Drax is just very funny, like whittling it down. Yes. You know, one man that nobody likes. One man. Like, now, now, he's just makes, now he's just making it sad, <laughs> uh, you know, but. You think that that's what that joke is for. Right. Like, it's just to build to that joke. But much later in the movie, after Peter has found out what the high evolutionary has done to his best friend, Mm -hmm. he goes completely the other way and is like, we're murdering everybody. Everybody's going to die. And If you're not going to let me get to the information I need to save Rocket, I'm going to go through you. However that, whatever that entails. That those two moments mm-hmm. right next to each other is a perfect encapsulation of the emotional weight of this movie. Right. Because Rocket, you see his entire backstory. Mm-hmm. You see his entire backstory and you see how he became the way he is mm-hmm. and how he pursues things. And it, And if you've been paying attention in the other movies... It's been alluded to. Like, yeah. he's mentioned little things here and there. This stuff shouldn't be a shock. Right. But if you haven't really been paying attention, then you might not know. But it know. also puts those moments in context, right? Because there's one... He's drunk in yeah. the first movie. Yeah, when they go to nowhere, I believe. Or yeah. maybe before they go to nowhere. But he's drunk, and he he makes a reference... About being cut up. Cause it, yeah. 
You know, he's like, I'm not going to be like cut up and put into. He uses. He says I didn't ask to be cut up. Yeah. Um, I forget what somebody makes a comment and he says, "Well, I didn't ask to be, you know, yeah. cut up and dissected or what a cut into pieces. I don't know something horrible." Right. But- and so then for us to now go and look at what that is was heartbreaking. Right. <laughs> you know, the movie was absolutely heartbreaking. I thought that the introduction of Adam Warlock mm-hmm. was wonderful. Yeah, I guess that is a big point of contention for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Again, as I've said before on the show, I'm not really a reader of the comic. I've sure. read a little. And Adam Warlock was pretty prevalent in the Infinity War comics. Yes. So when they showed him at the end of Guardians in the post credit scene, I was excited for him. Yeah, but right. But I didn't have any real... That was my only reference, and I've forgotten most of it by now. So I was fine with him in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, because they do a great job of building that new Guardians team. Team, yeah, by the end. By the end. So you emotionally know who everybody's deal Mm -hmm. is and kind of have the understanding of their relationship to one another. Right. Right? Because the entire film, Adam Warlock is this like... He's a man-child. Poor, reluctant villain. Yeah. You know, he is a man child. Well, and I mean, it's, like, literally a man child. Yes. Yeah, yeah he he's was, not done cooking. Right. Or he wasn't done cooking. Right. But he is wonderful mm-hmm. in terms of yeah, his. Yeah, Will Poulter is fantastic. Oh, he is absolutely fantastic. I loved him in Midsommar and that Netflix multi thing. Did you ever watch that? What, the, um, the Choose Your Own Adventure thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, Black Mirror Black one. Mirror. That's yeah. what it was. It was um, that wasn't... It was called something else, but it was like... It was a Black Mirror, Mirror thing, thing built, I think. Yeah, it was definitely a Black Mirror thing. But I yeah, you got to pick your whole thing. He's in that. Yeah, he was fantastic. I, watched, I did all the different ways. Yeah, I tried to do as many as I possibly could. Um, then I like found a list and was doing them. So yeah, I think how he came in was great. I think his motivations were great because it wasn't... It wasn't just like, oh, he switched sides out of convenience. Like, you know, he was only doing stuff because his mother was telling him to. He didn't really care about any of the other stuff. Well, you know, and he he kind of has that same realization that every one of the Guardians has kind of had where it was like, no, I kind of need a family. And so for Groot to tell him at the end was like when he's like why did you save me mm-hmm. and he was like because everybody deserves another chance yeah you know it's that idea of like oh like i do everybody does need mm-hmm. another chance what does he do with that chance he saves peter right you know and so I by mean, by the time he's now a guardian of the galaxy it feels earned right mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't like this weird thing where like off screen we had all this character development and now you're just on the team yeah you know, kind of like the little girl. I like the little girl, but... Let's face it. He he gained me when he wouldn't kill the not loath cat loath cat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in my head canon, it, the, the thing is... I don't think they ever tell us a name or what it is, but in my head canon, he's like... A cousin to the loath cats of Star Wars. One of my uh, <laughs> one of my head things, and I just have don't have the heart to to pause the scene and look. Mm-hmm. But in the scene at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. the last Star Wars movie, when they show all of the ships because the entire galaxy showed right. up, uh, one of them is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, that's that's in my head. Is that yeah. they were there? They well, were helping out. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like a dog and a wolf. Yeah. The loath cat and whatever this thing is. But yeah. it was delightful. And when he would not kill it, 
I was like, I'm on his team now. We're good. Yeah. He, I'm good with him. Yeah. He was fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, Craglin, I think, goes through a real emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I think that it's great because these are all elements that you would see if we made Guardians 4 right. and had to start from scratch. So, Ed, um, this is great, but I don't want this to be a four-hour conversation. Sure. So... I think we should focus more on the important, most important parts uh, and less on the side character. Oh, see, I, uh, I know yeah, you love the side. Fine. You can talk about Cosmo, that's but I fine. think we need to get to the meat because yeah, otherwise sure. we'll be here all night and my, and my belly's not happy. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. Um, the High Evolutionary might be the best villain next to Thanos in yeah. terms of just... You did your job. Mm -hmm. I am supposed to hate you. You are smug. You are arrogant. And you are a mean, evil SOB. And you think you're right. And you think you're right. Uh, I think that he's fantastic. I think that it immediately makes this Guardians of the Galaxy movie that is Mm galaxy-based and makes it very small Mm -hmm. and very personal. Right. And... It allows you, because all this movie is, is we're just trying to get the one code to save our friend. Right. Right. Because early on, Adam Warlock wounds Rocket Mm -hmm. and they are going to try and revive him. They put the med pack on him and it does not go well. It basically was like putting a fork in a microwave. Yeah, Yeah, it was bad. And, And so they realize that there is a kill switch on his heart. Why the high evolutionary? Oh, I guess he wants his brain. So that's why he never used it. Right, right, right. But uh, the whole point is that they are going to go to the company that made it to get the kill switch. When that doesn't work, mm-hmm. they go to the man that has the code. Right. That's that is it. That and is, then and then they got to get out of all that. And then they got to get out of all that. Um, but but that's a very simple plot. Right. Right. You know, and it allows for the emotional moments of all of Rocket's friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think Rocket is Rocket Raccoon as we've known know him, him is out of commission most of the movie. Not in this movie. For not a lot. Eighty percent of it. Mm. And. I think that giving him this, like, uh, basically side plot was perfectly interwoven. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of all of his, like, animal friends and kind of early development? Well, again, having paid attention and also just things that float around, I knew a lot of what we were going to get to an extent. Like, I didn't know specifics. Sure. But I knew, you know, that he was test subject and the the other animals and all that fun stuff and and, and we could see it too like when he takes off his shirt and he's got yeah. all the metal stuff so um i thought that was really good i thought they you know made those characters characters we could care about in you know not a lot of time um i didn't i didn't care about them to like the point where like when they all got killed i didn't i didn't yeah. cry or anything but sure. um I it was hard. See, this goes to the animal cruelty. It was hard for me to look at the bunny floor. Yeah, because he was like a weird thing, spider well, mouth no, but thing. The thing on its mouth. Like I just kept thinking of how horrible that would be for. So so like that's where the animal cruelty <laughs> yeah. being rough, and not because you know obviously I know it's not real, but like I just kept thinking about how awful that would be. And every right. so often I would with the like all of them every so often. Not as much tooth teeth, the walrus cuz <laughs> he get wheels and that's that's not great, but the arms on Lila. Yeah, Lila. They 
basically removed her arms and gave her robot arms, right? Yeah, because they couldn't. Yeah, because she's got otters have smaller legs or smaller arms or legs. So so. I did, and it didn't pull. I wouldn't say it pulled me out of it ever, but I did think about that. Yeah, and how. like what that would have entailed. How brutal that would yes, have been. It definitely affected me. They showed it in like a, f- like his arm getting longer. Mm-hmm. Like they showed that and, and that was squeamish inducing. And like when he first shows up in the cage, his brain is exposed. Well, not his brain, but his head is shaved. Oh yeah, his yeah. head. And I think he's got like a wound from it or something yeah. in the front. Yeah, and that, and in knowing why his head is shaved, like that yeah. was rough too. But like I said, I expected to see a lot more like cutting into. Yeah, and so there just I wasn't was, there. So that I was like relieved at the same time. Um, but I think that was all done really well. I think, especially if you didn't know anything about his backstory, it must right. that would have been very impactful. Um, it, I didn't know how singular he was. Sure. Um, and why and like how that made him so important. So, yeah. Yeah, I think they did a good job of showing his special, right. you know, why he is special mm-hmm. and kind of answering that question, right? right? Because that was my big question at the end when I found out that he had a kill switch. Mm-hmm. I was like, your, if you thought that this animal was your proprietary mm-hmm. property, why wouldn't you have just killed it? Right. And the answer is, is because he is so smart. Right. And, you know, and I think that that's, you know, like a great, a great justification. Right. And also, at least me personally, I did not ever think those friends were going to make it. I mean, his whole thing is he can't, he doesn't want to get close to people because he doesn't yeah. want to lose people again. So I always thought his friends all died. Right. But knowing that made all of their moments that much more bittersweet. Right. Whenever they're talking about, it's good to have friends. I'm like, oh no. Well, <laughs> it's also because you also know that this care, like they keep talking about, and this is just because I've seen so many movies and television shows. Mm-hmm. They keep talking about how, oh, when we go to the new right. world, so you know they're we, never going there. You know that they're never going there, mm-hmm. and so you're waiting. It, it the movie does a great job of having you root for the high evolutionary to tell them that they're going. Mm-hmm. So, but it breaks your heart. Even though you know it's coming, right. when he says you're su- you're too smart to know that you were never gonna go, right, 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 you know, and I think that that's oh, it's just it's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Uh, but then, in order to get Rocket, we have to break into this weird, weird building, and the only person that can help us is Gamora. Of course, A- now, I just want to say one more thing because we might not it might not touch on it later. Those scenes that I was expecting to some extent obviously had an effect, but not a huge one. But at the end, when he sees all the animals in the cages that like yes. he thinks he yeah. can't save and he has the single tear, like that really affected me. Oh God. I mean the movie the movie just got me well, the yeah, entire got, time. There's certain the entire parts time. that I mean it did, but there's certain parts that got me more than others. Yeah. Um but yeah, okay, so now yeah, that weird flesh place. Yeah, the there's like a organic. building. Yeah, it's an organic uh, thing. But and they, Nathan Fillion is there. Yes, he is for some reason. It was like, why, why not? I, it was weird that I was like, you're more famous than this role. I like it's yeah. weird. 
Like I feel like it's you fun. should. Yeah, but I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here because you're fun. I loved that he hated that one guy. Oh, I know. No, oh, he just hated I that one. I got one of those too. Yeah. He's like right in front of him too, talking about like how much he can't stand. Well, the other the thing too guy. is he lies to the guy <laughs> mm-hmm. to get him to agree right, with him, right. and then just makes fun of him for him falling for this thing he made up. Yeah. It's like, yeah. No, that whole thing is that. But that place. That place is pretty weird and gross. Um, yeah. yeah. I would not want to be someplace that was completely made of organic material. material. It would be like working in your skin. skin. Yeah. Ugh, That's no, what it thank was you. like. I mean, if it was plant-based, maybe, but yeah. that was not plant-based. Yeah. No, that was skin-based. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is 100% James Gunn's oh, yeah. whole trauma nonsense. Mm-hmm. But Gamora being there is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Because... When we last saw Gamora, she was not the Gamora that we knew that got yeeted off the cliff by right. Thanos. She was the 2016 version that mm-hmm. came for the Endgame fight. Right, just before we met her in the first Guardians, right. pretty much. Yes, I know, because... I can say just before, but, you know, not it, that long before. Well, that uh, Nebula makes a point of right. that, mm-hmm. uh, of saying that they, like had they were just about to meet the rest of the Guardians right. uh, in Endgame. And so... Clearly, they have had multiple conversations, Peter Quill and Gamora, and Peter is smashed to pieces Mm -hmm. because he's looking at a ghost of like this person he loves and who did love him. This is not like some weird. And he can't convince her of what they were. That's the thing is that she's not that same person because she didn't go through those experiences. Not only did she not go through those experiences, she was ripped out of her timeline and then helped to kill her dad, who, yes, eventually she wanted to kill. But not then. Right. And or not. She knew she wanted to kill him, him, but it just it hadn't become an act yet. Right. Like she wasn't going to act on it yet. On top of those two things, she has all these people telling her what she's supposed to be. Yes. And I just like I know a lot of people aren't happy with the how the Gamora story went because they wanted her to end up back with the guard. I thought it was perfect. I do, too. I think I think. The thing she went through, yeah, that's where she'd be. Well, exactly. This is who this character is right mm-hmm. now. I think it's great her interactions with Peter because you can see her warming up to him. Mm-hmm. But the two of them not getting back together right. and having that I was happy glad that ending, kiss when they did the role thing. Yeah, I was like no, don't kiss. You know, I think that it just it is such a better story Mm -hmm. and i think some people think too singularly when it comes to these marvel movies Mm -hmm. as opposed to like a patchwork right and we'll get there Mm -hmm. we're gonna get back there but this was the baby step and her comment was so gratifying at the end and so meaningful she's like i bet we were fun i bet we were fun and it was just like that line shouldn't have such an impact, but it was a huge impact. But it does a great job of tiptoeing to that line, right, right. but not crossing it. Because exactly. I don't think that any... This this was not a story about Star-Lord and Gamora getting, getting back, back together. together. Right. That is not what this movie was. It was always about and Rocket. Star-Lord needed to learn how to... Be on his own. Right. How to not have it. Because like they said, yeah, he's always been jumping from girl to girl. When he got to Gamora, he stayed with Gamora. But yeah, it was, he was always... never really by himself without, you know, somebody in his bed at least. Right. And so having having them not shoehorn that in at mm-hmm. the end 
makes that moment so gratifying because again it feels like we're getting to the right place she's she is warming up to them you know i wouldn't be surprised if she, the net the whatever the star lord will return right whatever that means mm-hmm. that's the gamora yeah, star lord story to it happening eventually but I it just... also but it also helps right yeah. because at the end of endgame he sees her and he's like, oh my God, she needs him in the balls and takes off. Right. Right. And so now there've been conversations. So they do know each other. Mm-hmm. Right. But she is adamant that it is like, I am not the person. Right. I am not that person. And they keep saying this, this kind of bugged me. Like I get it from both sides, but they kept saying how Gamora wasn't dead. Yeah. Their Gamora to me is dead. Yes. This, is, this yes, this is who became their Gamora. But she's not. I think it's also a little bit of, like, grief. Right. Right? I think that that's what it is. Because, is I mean, I get it's not a multiverse Gamora. Like, it's a timeline thing. Yeah, it's weird. So, but to me, their Gamora is dead. Yeah, their Gamora is dead. That poor um, woman is at the bottom of that cliff hanging out with the ghost of the Red Skull. So, yeah, I really like that. And I like how her and Nebula have kind of switched places, too. And I yeah. think if she had just come back and been back with Peter and been, like... That would diminish Nebula's role somewhat. Right. Right. Um, and all of the growth that Nebula has, has had. It's amazing. You know, I mean, the movie, like, she is trying to hold this organization together. Right. right. You know, it, it shows that everything she went through in Infinity War, into Endgame with mm-hmm. Tony, into, you know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, even like in um, Guardians 2. Right. When you see the beginnings of it. Yeah. Um, It just, it's shown that my big, I guess maybe that's my biggest takeaway of this movie is that this has felt like it connects to everything else where all of the other movies haven't. Mm -hmm. You know, even like, yes, Multiverse of Madness connected to WandaVision, but WandaVision didn't really feel super connected to the rest of everything that was going on probably because it was a TV show I mean, and it I had that gimmick like, post Infinity War and Endgame everything kind of connects because everything is post blip as right. they call it and it's usually somewhat referenced but I know what you're saying I just this had very I, gratifying endings to the character arcs as we know them right now sure I think I guess I'm what I mean more is is that it feels like a continuation of the same story mm-hmm. where the other ones haven't. Right. Okay. I can see that. You know, like I, I guess that that's kind of the way to mm-hmm. frame it, where it's like Nebula learned a ton in Endgame. Yeah. Right. From being with Tony to you know yeah. to having to live that time. You know, mm-hmm. and then her relationship with Rocket flourishes right. in that time. She references it. So it just feels like we're still, we're now connected back into our show mm-hmm. as opposed to like watching these weird filler arcs right. that really haven't sort of connected. So two things that really got me, and this relates to Nebula, but the first one I will say was Quill's reaction when, when Rocket kind of died. Sure. And, like he couldn't bring him back right away. Like yeah. that was great. The but, code, the code wasn't taking fast right. enough, and Rocket yes. was dying. But Nebula's reaction to him being okay, like that broke me. Yeah. Like that relief, like you could feel her relief. Yeah. Like that really got me. 
Um, I'm also like not a sad crier. I'm a sure. um, happy crier kind of. I'm a, sure. like a overwhelmed with emotion crier. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, no, she was just so fantastic in that. And it's just, just such a small, quick moment, but it was just yeah, so great. That entire sequence is great because we get that trailer shot of Star-Lord just slobber crying. Mm-hmm. And... You look at that, and it's just like in the trailers, and it's like, all right, like this is going to be a really ham fisted, forced moment. And like he's clearly overacting for the moment that we're in. And no. And no. No. Everything in that scene was perfect. Mm -hmm. Because while that's going on, we have Lila and Rocket meeting in like purgatory. Right. And. They're in the white place that Dumbledore and Harry were <laughs> Yeah, they're in that white place or that bus stop that Neo was in in the Matrix. It's but all the same place, people. It, it is. It's all the same place. It's the same God. Get over it. <laughs> but the big thing is she's talking to him about how wonderful and forever the sky mm-hmm. is and that we're all together and we're happy. And, you know, Rocket asking, oh, my God, him asking if he, he can come go. too. And it's just like... The entire movie, because they did a great job at marketing. Right. They did a great job at marketing that we all were anticipating him dying. Well, I I hear that, and I also hear people saying it was too obvious, so they thought it was a red herring, which yeah. I get also, because I'm sometimes that person. I thought that the sign thing was dumb when mm-hmm. people were saying that the color of the sign meant who was going to die. I not have any idea what that is, oh. but that's fine. I don't need to know. Yeah. I... Because it's the final movie, and because, I don't know, I think James Gunn's got balls, yeah. I thought every character was up for grabs. Like, the, yes. I, there was times I thought any of them could go. It had immense stakes because of that. Sure. Um, like, you know, most of them don't. But really, like, I would not have been shocked if any of them had died. Yeah, well, each one of them has, for the most part, well, maybe not all of them, but definitely Drax and Peter both have like i could have died moments right you know that would have felt believable right mm-hmm. because when drax gets shot in the organic oh, yeah i thought place, he was. like I, I kept thinking characters were dead yeah you know <laughs> what i mean like they did a great job of like drax in that moment mm-hmm. is potentially very is a good candidate f- for him to die right. to propel the plot forward and somebody pointed out that we hadn't gotten that they knew he wasn't going to die because there was stuff we hadn't gotten yet that was in the trailers like yeah sure um but i try not to watch here's the thing what i would say to that is is uh nerd no i <laughs> yep. would no but, but, observant <laughs> no because i can tell you that i'm not i and this is more of an average moviegoer i would have to say is that Nobody is really paying attention. Like nobody's comparing clips from the trailer to the. No, I. That feels that that is one of those to me, and I could be wrong. But the, one of that to me feels far more like one of those situations of like post film analysis mm-hmm. where you watch the trailer after seeing the movie and then put those two and two together. So the way my brain works, a lot of times, just I'll make those connections without trying to which is why sure. i try very hard to see as little marketing sure. as possible going into things because even like infinity war 
and I and I don't know where most people listening stand, but I know at the time it seemed like most people thought that those people, at least were, at first, when they watched the movie, that they were gone. And my first thought was, they're not going to kill Black Panther. He just made a billion dollars. They're all coming back. <laughs> sure. Like I was yeah. like, if he's going to come back, they can all. And then Spider Man. I was like, no, they're all coming back. Like, oh, I, yeah. It did. Like it hit me, but not like it hit the people that really thought they were gone. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like that's that's kind of the thing is like uh, you're able to do the emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, that's probably my superpower, right? Is my superpower is being able to go into a movie and then like turn the willing suspension of disbelief on, right? And so I don't like that my brain's like I, sometimes somebody will make such an innocuous comment, but it'll lodge something in my brain, and I'll be like, oh well, this this not even MCU. Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of suspense I've, thrillers, and that happens to me. Uh, that is the thing is having. Like, knowing how the sausage is made, mm-hmm. having made sausage, it is very easy for me to put this hat on right. and be watching a movie analytically. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how I know a movie's bad. Yeah. Is that if I have moved... I have moved into like just being like, well, that's stupid because this character should have done this. Like they're literally standing four feet apart. How did you not hear this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like those type of things because it's like, oh, this is story driven as opposed to like really tapping into something and allowing me to emotionally escape into the movie. Okay, let's get back to Guardians. Sure. The we finally get kind of the confrontation of the high evolutionary on counter earth which is the first version of the utopia yes i was gonna say i was thinking of a different part that i thought you were going to but yeah no they they do find him on on counter earth -Earth. and counter earth is a very interesting place because when we hear him the high evolutionary talk to rocket about it Mm -hmm. and we see it through the window as it's being built right it He's talking about utopia, right? right? And there are certain images that kind of come to that. When anybody Mm -hmm. says the word utopia and building, it's going to be the perfect place, right? So having him, having him, or not that him, having them kind of explore that city, right? Because like their first interaction is very suburban, yeah. And it's like, oh, this could be. Maybe yeah. this place is. Right. You know, all of these very different animal species mm-hmm. are all living together in harmony. In humanoid form yeah. with their own language. Everything feels very good. Mm-hmm. It's when they venture through the city that they realize that it's, it's the same. Yeah. It's the it's, same as anywhere else. There's a guy getting mugged. This guy selling drugs. Selling drugs. You know, and it's, it's very interesting to see that imagery based off of what Rocket and his friends were living for. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it feels like they were so much better for, suited for that world. Right, than what they actually got. Than what they actually got. But there's always some bad apples. And sure. that's what he wouldn't understand, that you're never going to make a yeah. perfect, like, unless you keep it so small. Yes. You're not, it's never going to work. Yeah. There's always going to be some bad apples. Right. And then, yeah, it's him playing God. And mm-hmm. like, no, because there is no God. There is no God. And so he had to step, step in. in. Right. It's wonderfully delicious mm-hmm. because Star Lord, his attitude has changed by this point. Right. Because right. I talked, this is where yeah. that scene comes from where he's going to kill everybody. Right. Because 
he's done playing games. Right. You know, he knows how bad this person is, and this is very personal. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of just the theme and of this says, movie. What does he say? Group kill them all, doesn't yeah. he? he yes. Says yeah. He and, says group you know, kill and them then all. He pulls out like fourteen guns, which I have a little bit of issue with, but not enough to make it ruin the scene because the scene is fantastic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he pulls out so many, many guns. guns. I'm like. The, anyway, let's, yeah. I'm not going to get yeah. into the logistics it's, of yeah, that. It's wild. I have issues with logistics in general. Sure. So I ignore them. Uh, he him, he's part Hoovian, and yeah, so he's so. TARDIS technology in there. Yeah. That's yeah. really he's, what it he's is. Definitely bigger Mary on the Poppins. Than he's the a Mary Poppins. I'm not a Mary Poppins fan. She's got a bag. In the bag, I know she does. Has like an entire. My Mary hat. Poppins is Yondu. Sure. <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all. Uh, yeah, and. It, basically, the high evolutionary continues to be a menace, mm-hmm. an absolute menace, because he's like, does a perfect world have people selling drugs? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, it doesn't. Let's burn but, it all. Yeah. He's like, that's why I'm starting over again. I'm starting over again. <laughs> Goodbye. And then blows up the planet, mm-hmm. uh, which is such a wild, It's like, it just makes him so much worse. Mm-hmm. And... It makes the confrontation ultimately like at the end, right? Because there's like several different skirmishes right. as they go through the big like the big CGI battle that that happens in this movie, where it's like we got to save the animals and the children, and mm-hmm. you know nowhere and all this stuff, and Rocket ha- is here and everything. But when they first open, they fix Rocket Mm -hmm. and he comes back from that scene and he's about there like, we gotta go. Mm -hmm. He... That fight hallway fight scene is top five MCU fight scene. And I mean, the no sleep till Brooklyn needle drop, like... Perfect. I was like completely rocking it, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was a little bit distracted by how much I was enjoying the song, but not enough to not... I mean, that was so good. It's so so good. good. The way... Each character kind of gets to shine in it and interact yeah. the way they interact, the callbacks to like Rocket on Groot's shoulder. Yep. Just, it's just magic. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. They kick a ton of ass to save a lot of people. Uh, and, and they look damn and good doing it. And they look damn good it. doing it. Then they realize that Rocket is, has hung back. Right. You know, he went to go find the High Evolutionary, basically. Ends up finding all, all of the animals. And all the little raccoons. All the little raccoons. And I'm rac- r- Rocket Raccoon. He finally says it. He finally says it. He embraces it. It's beautiful. Uh, we get to s- the all of the Guardians coming and... Basically kicking the crap out of the High Evolutionary, mm-hmm. like, as a family. Right. Felt so good. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody gets a piece because they're all so mad at this guy. Right. And it's wonderful. Gamora pulls off his face, mm-hmm. and it's destroyed, and we see the results of Rocket right. getting away. Mm-hmm. You know, he tore because, that man's yeah, face. Yeah, because he didn't show him tearing it up. It, we knew what he was doing. Yeah, but, it but didn't we didn't show see it. the face. So seeing the aftermath was gratifying gratifying i loved it and so i also really liked how his downfall started when his own people turned on him yes and i really liked that because that's not something we see a lot is is the villains people turning on him because he's just ridiculously crazy sure um so i enjoyed that yeah and then for rocket to have the emotional growth at the end to Mm -hmm. not kill him right is extremely powerful Mm mm-hmm you know, to be like, no, I'm not what you made me. Right. I am something better. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. 
Uh, and then basically that's that's kind of like where the movie ends. We get the amazing. Well, the, everybody goes. To they the, they go their separate ways. We don't have to go to nowhere. I mean, yeah. all that they let all the animals own the kids. Yeah, they save all the animals. Both the kids. Um, again, Cosmo's the goodest girl. So She's doing her best. That ongoing joke, I loved I it. Loved it so it was much. So every funny. time she, every time they'd go back to it, and she'd say, "Come on, just take it back." Just yeah. take it. I was like, she yes. goes into detailed just instructions of her launch and right. how the Russians didn't Did call her, her a bad, bad dog. Girl, yeah, she's, she's like, "This is worse than that." <laughs> this is worse than that. Oh God, it's so funny. Yeah, um, she's delightful. Yeah, I really think like when you look at the movie ends and the guardians kind of all go their separate ways because they all now don't need each other but need separate things well they need to find themselves as individuals some of them some of them so drax drax finds his comfortability with all of these new children right and he has become a dad again which Mm -hmm. is something that he talks about in the first movie from from the very beginning in the prison in the the, kiln yeah it is the thing that he loves the most Mm -hmm. right if we're if it was his driving motivation and so he finds that drive again right right? throughout the entire series he makes fun of people dancing Mm -hmm. and how stupid they are and then he ends up dancing with these girls at the end Mm -hmm. and it's like wow that's a lovely moment um nebula being like i'm taking over i'm taking over nowhere and i need help like running this because Mm -hmm. this is the family that i always wanted and never had uh it's very touching, very poignant. Mm-hmm. Craglin finds his confidence, right. which is beautiful. Cosmo finds out she's a good girl again. Yep. Uh, Mantis goes off to, to yeah. She and 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 she out of everybody, I think, should go off and kind of fun. Like she said, she just yeah. did what he told her. Ego told her, and then did what the guardians told her. Like she's never figured Been, out who she is right and so it's very fun she's got those pets she's the mother of whatever they are oh god yeah <laughs> but that's it they're so. whatever they killed at the beginning of guardians 2 <laughs> yeah whatever the thing that eats batteries is yeah um and then gamora goes back to the ravengers and peter mm-hmm. decides to go back to earth mm-hmm. you know i, I think teared up when he saw his grandfather too yes yeah none of them made me cry cry until cole asked if i was okay <laughs> yeah sure sure well because you were you <laughs> you weren't okay in. but you were keeping it together yeah. and then when you realized you weren't okay mm-hmm. and then it went so i think that when we build this new team of guardians mm-hmm. It feels very earned yeah. at the end, right? They obviously give the big speech to Rocket. He's the better captain. He's going to be the leader of the mm-hmm. Guardians. Groot, obviously, going to be a part of it because they're right. they're attached to the hip. Kraglin coming in, real fun. Right. Like, he's a great addition to this team along with Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the girls, I don't know what they're called. The Jupe Jupe girls? The Jupe Jupe girls. The Jupe girls. I don't know what her powers are. I know nothing about I, them, except they're always happy and they say Jupe Jupe. Yeah, that's it. And so <laughs> that's I, her power. She likes Britney Spears and corn, and I don't really know much else, but I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cosmo, who I thought was like that team, Yeah. in and amongst themselves, very quickly in that post credit scene, give you a lot of interpersonal dynamic mm-hmm. that I think really work together. And I love that, do you ever feel bad for them line? And yeah. he said, yeah, but they can't defend themselves or whatever, the re- you know, the responses. Because I think about that sometimes. Sure. Um, no, obviously not me fighting, but like in these movies and stuff. Yeah, I, right. I, you know, I think about weird 
weird shit. Well, because this is also this also feels very much just like a stampeding animal nonsense, yeah. right? It doesn't feel like these are bad people. Yeah, I mean, it's so quick. It's, yeah, you know, really hard to say what the situation is, but um, I, it feels like it's one of those callbacks to the beginning of Thor: Love and Thunder. It did feel a very bit, a very bit, a <laughs> yeah. little bit like Thor. Yes, I thought the same thing. You know, like it felt like that, where mm-hmm. it was like kind of contextualizing that again, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, we talked about the Peter Quill going to yeah. see his grandfather. I think and we've so, talked about most of it. I think that's it, point. right? Unless, yeah, unless there's like any other moments or anything. No, that- there was a there was the moment when Gamora told Peter that he that it sounds more like Nebula mm-hmm. to that yeah. he uh, he should date and he, the interaction right there at that see, moment that was something that was ruining the trailers for me oh yeah or somewhere yeah yeah I definitely saw that somewhere but the to me that wasn't the funny thing because the funny was what happened after where he's like your eyes they're so black yeah. and she's like and when my father ripped them from my yeah. skulls as a form of torture Nebula's reaction uh, also first movie to drop an f bomb I think that's yes. wh- and the best use of it i did think it was very wisely used oh god it's so funny because there's so many places where you think it would be properly used right to emphasize an action moment or but no no, opening the door is Mm -hmm. the the frustration oh yeah i won't say (laughs) because you know i don't know if i'm allowed but um yes i thought it was very well used so uh final grade i guess and it doesn't have to be like a number or a letter it can be whatever you want i thought it was great and i loved it i mean analytically like i don't know i'm sure it has its flaws i i wasn't looking at it that way from an emotional standpoint from it doing what it set out to do I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I would 100% agree. This is a must-see for me. Oh, yeah. This is a must-see. If you like movies, right? right? Like, if you're... I mean, I guess if you've never watched any MCU movies, then maybe this isn't your thing. Yeah. (laughs) But if you've been, you know, one, if you like the... Like, a friend of mine decided this one is like, I'm going to skip this one. And I'm like, this is the wrong one to skip. Yeah, no, don't skip this one. This is the wrong one to skip. If you've been, like slowly getting fatigued and thinking that quality is going down and so you're not going to rush out this is the one to rush out to see sure Uh, although if you haven't seen it and you're still listening i'm sorry or not because we told you (laughs) yeah but thank you very much for tuning in yes we really appreciate you sticking around for this a little bit extra longer episode but for these kind of big big movie releases that we'll be getting over the next you know few months for mm-hmm. the summer blockbuster series uh it might be this it might be one long episode like this or maybe we'll get in the habit of splitting these up into two separate episodes but either way we're gonna kind of try and do a little bit more of these deep dives yeah so thank you once again for tuning in you can find me and tell me why all of my opinions were wrong at the eddie mccabe on all forms of social media fun fact real quick the reason we have a podcast is because Ed used to have a podcast, and I used to want to tell him why he was wrong, and sure. I couldn't. So that's how this came about, really. That's the, the birth of this. So yeah, tell Ed why he's wrong. And she hasn't been able to do it yet. No, so where can people find true. you? I definitely have. Um, Stacy LM78, where you find people. Yeah, where you find people. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.